0: Hi everybody it's andy with another monday minute and uh, i'm gonna break tradition this time and rather than doing my usual two to three minutes every monday i'm gonna expand this a little bit probably do maybe 10 or 15 minutes on this particular topic and provide some slides for you as well and i've got a special guest today it's my friend and colleague jill beckman eaton from michigan Uh, how's the weather up there in michigan today jill it is gorgeous
1: it's actually sunny and it's uh
0: Perfect. Great. Well, it's uh, kind of sleepy and rainy down here in central Indiana. But uh, I'm bringing Jill on just because uh, I think it's, uh, it's nice to bring on a, a different voice than the one that you always hear on Monday morning. And uh, Jill is an expert in Michigan. She's highly respected uh, among the, co- uh, the the doctors that she services there. So she does the same job in Michigan that I do here in Indiana. And uh, she's been on board with Metagenics Midwest for quite a long time. And uh, she's a a great resource. So I wanted to bring her on to talk about the science on lactobacillus salivarius UCC 118 that uh, we've talked about for the last uh, one or two podcasts here and provide a little bit more detail this time. So, Jill, thanks for joining us today. I really appreciate you taking the time out. And uh, so Tell us what you know about uh, Lactobacillus salivarius, UCC118, that's a mouthful, and um, why we're adding it to the Metagenics line, the application of that strain, and what's what it's doing for the gut.
1: Thank you, Andy. So important to note is that this particular strain was cultured from a healthy elderly woman, so it is a human strain and it was actually the hundred and eighteen species that they cultured from her stool and so they did a full genome sequence of this particular strain Um, know that there are 33 different salivarius strains that they found in her and this particular strain had the most potential for treating leaky gut as well as for um, Food poisoning and having bacteriocin properties. So we're going to go over those two points as we go through this presentation. So know that this is a exclusive to Metagenics, this Lactobacillus salivarius UCC118, and um, we do have a patent on it. So I'm often asked, how do you have a patent on a probiotic? Well, this one has 30. Different studies on it. Four of them, human clinical trials. And honestly, I can't answer you of how they patented it, but they have patented it. So we're excited to present what it actually does. So Andy, next slide. So we all know what the mucosal barrier is. Sorry, I have control. Got it. Um, So we know what the mucosal barrier is, right? So we have the mucosal membrane cells lined up here. And we have the inside of the intestinal tract with the microvilli lined along here. So this is the shaggy brush border where absorption occurs of your micronutrients. And then you have what's called the tight junction, which is the space in between. And here's the bloodstream on the other side. So well, there's a couple of things to glean from this information. Over here is going to be leaky gut. Remember that this is also called intestinal permeability. And what happens is these tight junctions, or space in between the mucosal membrane, that they actually will open up and allow food particles, like your English muffin, to pass through and get into the bloodstream on the other side. So that would be considered a foreign molecule once it has done that. So it would elicit the IgG, IgE, IgM response that you would be doing blood work checking for. So what this product does is it specifically keeps these tight junctions closed. Um, I did want to bring in the conversation here of zonulin and wheat, and so both, uh, celiac as well as wheat sensitivity. Um, so zonulin is triggered once you have eaten wheat, and what zonulin does is it it acts as a messenger protein to open up the tight junctions, right? So this is part of the mechanism here, is that it helps to keep these tight junctions closed. All right, so next slide. Maybe I'm not able to get to the next slide. I don't know. Okay. There it is. So next slide is showing you another version of the tight junctions. All right. So mucosal membrane cell here, another cell here, and here is the tight junctions in between.
0: Hey, now, Jill, let me interrupt you for just a moment. Now, um, if you're using your mouse, your arrow, uh, I can't see that on my end, so I'm not sure that's going to be visible to our viewers. So um, if you could be maybe just a little bit more uh, precise in how you're describing the graphics there so that we can follow you, that would be better um, because I can't see your mouse.
1: Oh, okay. That is a bummer. (laughs) All right. So we have... Um, these four bars lined up, right? So Andy, why don't you use your mouse the best your ability to be yeah. able to show what I'm talking about.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm trying so to So
1: these four bars, cool, so these four bars are another form of protective mechanism to prevent that English muffin that might be up here in the intestinal lining that is trying to be excreted rather than Pass through this tight junction where the bloodstream would cause an immune response. Okay, so again we mentioned zonulin and wheat. So these bars right here, they are called, over on the right, they're called claudin 2 claudin one Occludin, and Jam-1. So that's simply the name for the cells that act as barriers. So what happens in leaky gut is those bars get broken so zonulin is responsible for breaking at least occludin Um, that specifically gets torn apart every time a wheat sensitive individual would eat wheat it would signal zonulin which would destroy occludin which would allow the tight junctions to separate and food to pass on through other triggers are going to be stress um alcohol uh, painkillers and so on are going their different mechanisms of breaking these barriers so next slide is going to show you a um, a close up of those cells it looks a little bit dark Andy for me Okay, no, not that one.
0: Are, are, are we on the slide with the intestinal cells?
1: Yep, this one's a good one. All right, so okay. notice it says occludin, jam 1, and claudin 1 on the sides here. So these are healthy occludin cells, so those are those bars that protect the food from crossing into the bloodstream. So what these researchers did is they added a stressor, which was was hydrogen peroxide to these healthy occludin cells and you can see that that caused the cells to explode right hmm. so it caused intestinal um, permeability by adding hydrogen peroxide this was a petri dish model then what they did is they pre-inoculated with the salivarius UCC 118 strain and only one or two of these cells were exploded so it acts as a protective mechanism so that your intestinal um, intestine is is protected with those bars so that they don't food particles don't get across the um, tight junctions
0: yeah okay? let me, let so me is, add here
1: exciting I love this side.
0: Yeah, it's a great slide. Let me just also add here that uh, that little blurred appearance that you see there with the hydrogen peroxide treated slides are the proteins breaking down. And so those tight junctions actually get compromised because the hydrogen peroxide works as a toxin and a poison and breaks down those proteins. So Jill used the word exploding the cells um, I'll use the word degrading the cells, basically means the same thing, but those proteins begin to break down, and that's that blurred appearance that you're seeing in those cells. And you see there with the uh, the cells that were pre-treated with the bacteria that the integrity of those tight junctions in those cells were mostly maintained. So it's very, very close to what the control group was. So I agree with you, Jill. This is really exciting stuff.
1: Yeah, it gives us – A glimpse into the intestinal tract and and what can happen absolutely so let's protect all right next slide you see that yeah yeah Um, you know actually we're going to talk about leaky gut a little bit more so who has leaky gut this is is discussing the bacteria and properties of this Mm -hmm. and that's going to part two of how this product works. So, who has leaky gut? So, anyone who has multiple food allergies, really the chicken or the egg situation is that those food allergies were because of leaky gut, that it allowed your most common foods to cross that blood uh, tight junction barrier and allow for an immune response to occur. Any IBS, Crohn's, colitis patients alternating constipation, diarrhea, um, really just GI disturbance, bloating, um, stool issues of any kind. you're thinking leaky gut. Another huge class is going to be autoimmune disorders. All autoimmune disorders are related to gut. So most of my functional medicine practitioners are using this with almost every single patient. this This is really a breakthrough. Another piece of this conversation is what about what we know about treating leaky gut? Would you still use that? Where does that fit in? Like glutamine, like endorphin. So glutagenics, endorphin, where do they fit in? Ultranclamax. So honestly, they would marry this concept perfectly. They are not going to be standalone. So the mechanism is quite different. Remember that glutamine, what it does is it helps to repair the mucosal cells themselves and helps to replicate the cells. So it basically makes a stronger barrier by the mucosal cells where what this product does is it helps to close the tight junctions. So the concepts really go well together and this is more of a uh, long-term product. This is not an acute care product. If if you have a patient who has acute Crohn's, colitis, uh, really inflammatory bowel, you'd want to use the Ultraflora Intensive Care for that acute care situation. Um, and where this product is going to be a one-a-day over long-term, and all the lectures that I've been to on Leaky Gut say six months to a year in order to heal it. Hmm. So I would probably use this product with a glutogenics or an Endofen or an ultra-inflammex
0: and 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 in at I, least six months. Uh, let me interject here, too, that for the practitioners that uh, don't know how to specifically diagnose leaky gut syndrome uh, where a lab test is concerned, Genova has a lactulose mannitol test that can very precisely uh, diagnose and show the presence of leaky gut. But as Jill uh, just uh just discussed, just pointed out that anytime you have an autoimmune type of patient, I mean, 99 times out of 100, probably more than that, you're going to have a a leaky gut situation because of the antigenic mimicry that occurs, because that's what autoimmune disease is. It's antigenic mimicry, it's cross-reactivity, so that happens in the gut. So whenever you see these types of patients with ankylosing spondylitis, rheumatoid arthritis, eczema, uh, Graves disease anything that has an autoimmune connection there's usually also an underlying gut connection so just wanted to interject that so sorry go ahead Jill
1: no problem no problem Andy um, okay so this is going to be more of a long term I've been asked what about kids we we of course haven't studied kids but it is a probiotic and typically probiotics are considered safe for kids so your multiple food allergy kids. And it does open up easily it's a tiny little capsule and um, my kids have tasted it are completely fine with the flavoring of it so you know you just don't want to add it to anything hot because it is a probiotic Um, now this this particular product is a hundred million dollar or hundred million species um, as opposed to the billions that we are used to and really the The thinking style behind that is that this is more of a long-term product and that we're messaging um, over a long time period so you don't have to go in with a huge number of bacteria in order to create change. It's about messaging in the intestine over time.
0: Well, so let me ask a question there related to that. So typically, the traditional thinking where the number of organisms is concerned is that you have to be up in the multiple billions. Um, so would that mean then that this would be best coupled with you know another complementary product like Ultraflora Balance or maybe Ultraflora Spectrum? Would there be any any significant uh, benefit in doing that?
1: That's a great question, Andy, and I definitely want to address that. So yes, this actually would complement. I usually like to pick the Ultraflora Spectrum because it does have um, more of a variety of strains to help address different bugs and, and environments in your intestinal tract. So this would be a one a day along with Ultraflora Spectrum at one a day because this is not going to be as broad acting as all the different species that are in. Spectrum, right? So you don't get the immune response the same. You don't get the um, the same killing. Like we know that this does have bacteriocin properties, but it doesn't mean it kills all the different types of bacteria. It's more um, specific kinds. They called it uh, what narrow acting bacteriocin properties rather than broad spectrum, like a antibiotic would be.
0: So this is a so, probiotic yes, strain you still with a
1: recommend it.
0: Okay. So this is a, a probiotic strain with a very specific application, and the application is primarily leaky gut syndrome and the conditions associated with leaky gut syndrome. Is that correct?
1: Right. And I think we're gonna see that more and more as the probiotic research um, broadens. You know, now we're seeing that we have the ultraflora women's that's specific for vaginal tissue. And now we're seeing this and there's there's more and more being discovered about probiotics, so it's more of an accessory product.
0: Okay, good. Rather
1: than broad spectrum, like the balance.
0: Great. That, yeah, that's great to know. Okay,
1: so this slide, let's, let's talk about the slide that's in front of us right now. So this particular strain prevents listeria infection. So recall that listeria is uh, one of the bacteria that causes food poisoning. So we're talking about um, watermelon, we're talking about like picnics where the food has sat out in the heat for too long. Um, Lunch meats, this is one of the species that uh, pregnant women get warned against. I actually was in with a client of mine, an OB, that said that one of his patients did have a Listeria baby and it was quite a long fight for her and the baby did just pass recently and so he's considering using this with all of his pregnant women in addition to the ultraflora spectrum that he uses currently Mm. um and because this is so compelling i mean it shows the, the first rat right full liver infection with the listeria the second absolutely no infection and then the third is an interesting point where they show it says bacteria sin deficient so They have a way of manipulating if that probiotic has bacteriocin in it or not, which does show you that we want to teach our patients that if you don't know, if you have a guard dog of a probiotic, you don't know what it is capable of. And so that's why every single patient needs to be taught. There has to be some numbers and letters after the Latin name of the probiotic. Or you don't know if you have a guard dog or a poodle, yeah. And so you you risk still getting the infection if you don't know that.
0: So in other um, words, um, anyway. So okay, yeah. So let me make a, a quick point there, and we'll get to the next slide. So. Um, in other words, for those of you that have, may not heard me talk about the importance of strain specificity, what Jill is referring to is that the series of letters and numbers at the end give you the specificity of the strain. So just saying dog as an example doesn't give you any information about what species and what characteristics of the dog. So that's, uh, that's a very similar to the analogy that we're using or that's an analogy that we're using to describe the point here about probiotics is that the series of letters and numbers at the end gives you the the specificity of the strain, just like saying German Shepherd or Poodle gives you the specificity and the characteristics of the dog. So not all Lactobacillus salivarius are created equal. In order to have this effect, where the listeria infection is concerned, where the tight junctions are concerned, etc., you've got to have the UCC118. So Thanks, Jill, for that, that important point.
1: You bet. And let's go to the next slide, okay? So this next slide is talking about how in the studies with the bacteria and properties that they showed um, on the last point there that it also reduced certain firmicutes and spirochetes. And so it's a certain ones. But recall that spirochetes include Lyme's disease as well as H. pylori. So we don't know if this protects, but it is theory. And I'm sure that a researcher also knows that Lyme's disease is a very hot topic right now and is looking into this.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I don't
1: know that for a fact. It's more of a conversation. Okay. So it's pretty exciting. All right, so they did do a human clinical trial on the next slide with Crohn's disease with this product, looking at just one a day. um, They did actually use yogurt in this trial, and you can see at the bottom that they had three different classifications of symptomatology. So they had under 150, they had between 150 and 450, and then, of course, severe. So all of these patients, there were actually 19 patients who completed the trial and they averaged two hundred and eight in their symptomatology so they score these patients according to symptoms so they were all symptomatic right if you could go to the next slide so in essence at one a day of this UCC 118 these patients went from 208 to 167 in three weeks, to 146 in another three weeks. So they came down almost 60 points in six weeks, and this was the only thing that they did. Wow. And then do notice that at two months, 11 of the subjects remained steroid-free. That part right there is so exciting. Mm. So remember that if we did gluten, dairy elimination, added ultranflamex or glutagenics or Endothin into this protocol, you and I know that we would get a lot lower than 146 points for these
0: Crohn's patients. Absolutely. And then if we take out some of the offending foods that the patient may be responding to, like gluten, dairy, uh, corn, some of the other uh, obvious offending foods, you know, sugar... Um, coffee, alcohol, you're going to get even better results. Um, Now, I do want to interject this on that point. I had a doctor tell me that uh, with Hashimoto's uh, thyroiditis that he used two products, and this was some time ago before this product ever came out, but he used endofin and ultra Inflamax in those patients and didn't even recommend any dietary changes. I'm not sure why, but he didn't. Uh, And he said, now this is his words, not mine, uh, that he quote-unquote cured Hashimoto's in 90 days with those two products without any dietary changes. And I'll add that, wow, yeah. So let I would add to that. If I was a practitioner, I would be making those dietary changes, adding a probiotic like this, and you know that 90 days maybe could turn into 60 days or less if some of these other things were were complemented with those other two products.
1: Yeah, the mechanism certainly complements how Endofin and Inflamex work. So it's pretty exciting. This product has great potential. And um, I did hear back from a DO last week that his patients are already reporting, after only being on the product for two weeks, that their GI tract is calming down. And their symptoms are better.
0: After only two weeks? Yeah. And and is that at one a day, Jill? Oh, yeah. Okay, when you say GI symptoms, what specific symptoms are you referring to?
1: He he just said calm down, that their gut feels better. Okay. So I'm imagining, you know, gas bloating pain. I don't really know.
0: IBS type of symptoms maybe? Probably. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, great. Uh, that is a super duper overview of uh, of that strain. So I appreciate your time, Jill. This has been very productive. So uh, thanks for your insight and your knowledge on that that uh, you've been willing to share. Thanks for taking the time out for for us. I know this doesn't really benefit you and your territory, but it certainly does benefit um, you know uh, the doctor. You know, this is going to be posted on a podcast and on a, on our. Facebook page at Metagenics Midwest. So, so all of the doctors in our region will be able to see this and to view it. So, um, it'll be a benefit ultimately to some of your practitioners up there in Michigan as well. So thanks again for taking the time, Jill. Appreciate it. Um, have an awesome day and, uh, hopefully we'll talk soon.
1: Okay, great. Thanks, Andy. Take care.
0: Bye now.